everybody, welcome back to the Parkinson's Association of San Diego Microcast Series. I'm your host, Jeff Seckendorf, here with Dr. Abigail Lawler. Hi, Abby. Hi. Dr. Lawler is the medical director of the Parkinson's Association of San Diego and one of our favorite movement disorder specialists. So we're going to talk today about a topic that's that can be difficult to, to really discuss openly, and that's what happens from a care partner's standpoint when the person you're caring for, the Parkinson's, starts to get into later stages, starts to get into the p- potential of dementia, Lewy body dementia, something like that. Where do you start to, to work with a care partner to help them through this? Well, first and foremost, um, it's important that the physician that's managing the care is screening the patient on every single visit for starting to develop things like cognitive changes, you know, short-term memory loss, or even the development of hallucinations. We know that the start of hallucinations, even if it's just, you know, seeing something out of the corner of your eye and and no one's there, you turn, you look, nothing's there, or even the presence of someone in the room, or seeing frank hallucinations, animals or people, that can actually be the start of the downturn. And um, especially if that does not go Uh, get treated right away. Um, So we really screen um, on every single patient visit for these things because a lot of times patients won't bring it up. And sometimes patients and caregivers don't even know what they're supposed to be telling the physician on follow-up appointments. So that's really on the physician to screen the patients appropriately. But changes in cognition or changes in physical ability to remain upright. Um, Falling is a huge risk factor for patients um, needing increased level of care, and that's another one that uh, will change the dynamic between the patient and the caregiver and make it more difficult for that caregiver to care for the patient. A perfect example of this is a patient of mine um, was doing well at home, but when the falls started happening, the spouse could not physically pick the patient up off the floor, was having to call the fire department left and right to help get the patient up. And it just, the the level of care escalates to a point where it's just not safe anymore to care for the patient in the home. And these, these are tough conversations to have, especially when you've got a caregiver that's you know, maybe even has their own health issues, but they are not able to physically or just the, the demand on a day-to-day basis handle the care of the patient. So it sounds like it's important for the care partner to really pay attention and to bring some of this to light and not sweep anything under the rug when you're talking to your movement disorder specialist. Because is it is it likely that the, the patient with Parkinson's is going to be in denial of this and not talk about it? Yeah, actually that's a real phenomenon that patients with Parkinson's have, that they lack insight. They are, they are actually the worst at being able to give a good history. And so we rely very heavily on the input from the caregivers on all patient follow-up visits. And so I always end my appointments with patients by asking that question. Do you have any questions or concerns today? Because many times, if I didn't get to it and it didn't come up in the conversations that I had with the screening questions that I asked, it'll come up then. I try to pull it out of them. And, And sometimes it's just an uncomfortable conversation to have. Care partners sometimes are reluctant to say things in front of the patient that they love. They don't want them to be aware of the stuff that they're seeing and that the patient's not seeing. So that dynamic can be a little bit complicated, but an important one, certainly. The input of the caregivers is is vital. So what you're really good at is finding 
any positive spin, any any positivity in a tough situation. So what are the positive elements of moving somebody into skilled nursing or supported care, something like that, as opposed to taking care of them at home? What are we looking at in terms of the benefits? Well, number one is the improvement in safety, right? Making sure that there is someone there all the time to help take care of them from a safety standpoint, reduce the risk of falls and injury related to falls. But number two, it's the socialization. A lot of times people are at home with their caregiver or a loved one, but they're not doing a whole lot beyond just day-to-day stuff. A lot of these um, facilities have a lot of activities going on, and I think, too, it pushes people beyond what they normally would do on their own, and that's good for the brain, right? Switching it up, you know, engaging them in activities, whether that's just um, communicating with other people or actually getting them socialized in activities on a day-to-day basis. That's great. Uh, And sometimes we see improvements in cognition by getting patients more involved in social activities. So from those two standpoints, from safety and from a social standpoint, we see a lot of improvements. And also, you know, it's really hard to be the sole person taking care of all the medications at home, especially with these complex regimens that Parkinson's patients have. That's hard to stay on time with the medicines. In a facility, they're really good about staying on time with the meds, you know, especially if the orders are written appropriately, the, you know, meds are to be given at these strict times. You know, the nurses are great about following those orders and making sure um, that the patient is getting the meds correctly and on time. And then we also get great feedback from these facilities about, okay, how's it going? What did, what did you see about Mr. Smith or, or Mrs. Jones, uh, you know, when we made that medicine change? Um, so it's important feedback. And it, like I said, we said before, many times over, it takes a village. There's no one component that works. It's a network of different things and moving parts. And then finally, on this topic, there's self-care for the caregiver, right? It can just be to a point where you know, in, in uh, first aid and rescue, we always say never make two victims, Absolutely. right? And so, Abby, what are the benefits for the care partner for maybe being in a position where assisted living or skilled nursing might be a, a good outlet? Well, um, this topic actually came up just the other day. Um, I was counseling a patient of mine and a caregiver, and the wife had said to me, you know, I, I have been a care partner, caregiver for now the past four years. And because of that, I could not be a wife. I could not be a wife. And now for the first time since he's gone into, you know, an assisted living facility, I finally get to get my husband back and be a wife again. We get our relationship back. So now that improves that interaction. When she goes to visit and they're together, you know, they can actually be a a husband and wife again and enjoy each other's company. And the stress is offloaded from the spouse so that they don't have to worry about all the details of the regimen and the safety and everything else that goes along with being a caregiver. So, uh, you know, that was enlightening to me. And, you know, I think it improves the quality of life of not only the, the patient with Parkinson's, but also the spouse. They can go back to being them that they used to be. It opens up some space. Yes. We're here with Dr. Abigail Lawler, the medical director of the Parkinson's Association of San Diego. And thanks everybody for listening. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.